0: Tonight we're gonna have fun tonight. Today is the second week of Connect Sunday. Who was here last week for Connect Sunday? Put your hand up. Who signed up for a Connect group last week? Who filled out a card? Okay, all right, that's good. I think we had 192 people want to get into a Connect group last week. I'm trying to double those numbers tonight easily. And Connect Sunday is is beautiful because we're really emphasizing and highlighting all of the reasons, all of the pros, all of the good things, all of the benefits, all of the value of you joining a Connect group. That's really what Connect Sunday is about. We want you to experience life in relationship. We want people to get around you. They're going to be with you for right now and for the future and for a long time. I believe that aunties and uncles will be found in your Connect group. People that that you can build trust with for for the long haul. And so Connect Sunday is beautiful because we really dial in and focus on this portion of our church, all the reasons why you should join a Connect group. But tonight, I wanna take a little bit of a different approach, maybe from what you have heard at a Connect Sunday. Tonight, I I wanna talk about the pros a little bit, but I really wanna talk about the dangers of not being connected. I wanna talk about the dangers of being relationally isolated. I want to talk tonight about the dangers of not people, having people around you who are helping you celebrate your wins, mourning your losses, there to help pick you up, get you back into the game, and say, let's go. And so tonight, the, the message of, the title of my message tonight is called, The Stranger Danger. Yeah. The Stranger Danger. We're gonna pray really quick, let's bow our heads. Lord, I pray tonight, God, that through me and through your word, which is alive, well, and active, God, that you are speaking to every single person here tonight, God, that we will walk away, God, with a sense, a true sense of what you define as relationship, God, what community you've set in front of us, and God, that we would be compelled to be a part, in the name of Jesus we pray, amen, 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 a few quick things, though, before we get into the dangerous stuff, I wanna lay down a few kind of ground rules of what connect is, is that okay? And this story for me actually starts moving to San Diego. I moved to San Diego in August of 2014. I came down with a team. We are going to plant a church here in San Diego. And I think that when you, when you have something in front of you like this that's ambitious, you're pioneering, no one's done it before, you're like, let's go, let's do this. I think that you can get really optimistic about what it's going to look like you are, you're excited, you're pumped, like, dude, I'm going to go, we're going to have five campuses by year five. A thousand people are going to give their life to Christ in the first year, and you start building these optimistic hopes, and so something that I said to myself foolishly then, I was a much younger version of myself, was, man, I can't wait to get to San Diego and teach them how to have community, I can't wait till I get here, I'm going to teach them, they don't know, To my surprise, they came to San Diego to find out they know how to do community just fine. (laughs) Just fine by themselves. How do I know this? Think about the surf culture that is here. That's a whole community, right? Think about college students. That's a city within a city. Okay, think about parents who have kids in sports. That's a community. And so I came to San Diego with this anticipation of I'm going to teach them how to have community. But I found out that they already had it, right? Here's the difference between the community that they have and the community that you can have here in this church. You come to this church because we are relational, disciple-making, praying believing God, power of God, healings and miracles in our church. Here's why I would suggest to you and encourage you to get into a Connect group because you want to get around people who are relational, disciple builders, know how to pray, believe in the power of God, healings and miracles happening. And so tonight, Connect is about getting around people with something in common. What do surfers do? They surf. What do college students do? They go to school. What do kids, uh, parents with kids in sports do? Their Saturdays are ruined forever. They have something in common. And right now, you might even be thinking, well, I have community elsewhere. You're trying to convince me and persuade me why I need it here. I have it elsewhere. But they don't have what you have. They're not going where you're going. They're not going to be for you like, does this make sense? And so tonight, connect is about getting around people with something in common. Connect is also about making the big church feel small. You might have heard this, but as we expand, as we go to more campuses, as we go to more services, as more and more people jump on this train called Awaken Church, experience the power of God, learn how to pray, see their finances change, as more and more people that jump on this in San Diego, revival's on the way, but the more that this happens, the smaller the big church has to get. Because we don't want to lose people in this ocean or this wave of church growth. And so as big church grows and gets bigger, we have to remember that it has to get smaller as well. Because connect is an opportunity to feel like you're not getting lost or missed in the ever-growing scale of the church. It gives you the ability to really make connections and develop friendships inside of your group. Maybe tonight you're wondering, why should I get fired up about Connect Group? Why should I be as passionate as you are, Sterling? I'm gonna give you three reasons, you ready for them? Is this a Bible bringing church? Note taking church? Okay, if you're taking notes tonight, here's a good place to start. Why should you be fired up about Connect? Number one, it's biblical. If I had a, a mic that I couldn't drop, I would drop it. Turn with me in your Bibles really quickly to Acts chapter 2. We're going to be in verse 46, 47. Ch- chose the NIV version for tonight. It says this. Every day they, the believers, continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together, hello, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. It's in the Bible. Connect Group is in the Bible right there. Second reason you should get fired up about Connect Group is Jesus had one. You might know them as the disciples. Jesus had a Connect Group. And when Jesus calls his disciples into ministry, he actually calls them to do two things. If you were to look in the book of Mark in chapter 3, they call, he called them to preach and to have authority. But equally as important, he called them to just be with him. He called them to be with him. Don't miss this, because part of the calling on the disciples' lives was just to spend time with Jesus. But here's here's where Jesus is really smart. He knew, when he first met these guys, he knew what was going to happen in their lives. He knew the mission that they were going to go on together. And so I imagine the first day that Jesus gets all of his disciples together, right, they're eager to go out, dude, we're going to cast out demons. Dude, that blind guy, we're going to get him. We're going to heal him and they're pumped up and ready to go and to do ministry. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 slow down. First, we're gonna hang out. I just need you guys to get to know each other. I need you to get to know me a little bit. And here's where Jesus is smart, is he was looking out ahead because he's the leader of the connect group, and he's saying if we're gonna do the things that we're gonna do, if we're gonna go the places that we need to go, the trust that we're gonna build inside of this 12-man group, 13 if you include Jesus, is paramount to how this goes. And so Jesus has his own connect group before he even launches out into ministry with his disciples. Third reason, if, this, if that one's not good enough for you. This is so much more than a Bible study. So much more than a Bible study. When you are in a connect, you are fortifying your life when you're around other people. The Bible says this, that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. This is where I really need the Britney Spears But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? Though they may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When you are in a connect group, you are intentionally putting people around your life that are fortifying your life, who are praying for you, who are there for you, who you can rely on, who you can trust, who can speak to you when you need them to speak to you, who can help you when they need them to help you. You are building a wall of protection around your life. I wanna read this verse out of 2 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles, we're gonna jump into the dangerous stuff. This is Paul speaking, and he's writing and he says, I, I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. How many times? Five times 39. Homeboy was getting whooped. Three times, I was beaten with rods. I don't, I've never been beaten with rods. Paul is a boss. Once I was stoned. No big deal. Just throws that in there. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and danger from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, danger from the Jews, as well as danger from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without nothing to keep me warm. Notice that he never mentions the danger of being disconnected from the church. Notice that he doesn't mention the danger of being disconnected from believers, of not having relationship, of not having people that he can turn to. He faces all of these things and all of these oppositions, but the one thing that Paul never has to face is the danger of being alone. He has people helping him. He's always traveling to people. He's writing letters to people. He's encouraging them. He's never alone. And so today, I wonder how many of us are facing the danger of being alone, of not being connected. Tonight, you are in danger if, if you're taking notes, this is a great place to start as well. You are in danger if you have no accountability. If you do not have people that you are inquiring with instead of informing about your decisions, if you cannot answer the question, who is helping you make decisions? And if you cannot answer the question, who am I processing with? You are in danger. My wife and I are accountable to each other with our finances. We're on the same debit card. Any transaction that that she happens to purchase, any transaction that I happen to purchase, we're able to see there's an accountability there, right? This accountability is good for me. Let me tell you why. I love double breakfast burgers from Carl's Jr. Okay? I love them. They're amazing. (laughs) They are. I love this, though, is that because I'm accountable to how we're spending our money, and even more so I'm accountable to her for how I'm eating, oftentimes I deter away from Carl's Jr. because I don't want to be accountable to my wife. <laughs> hey, babe, what's this $5.89 charge at Carl's Jr.? Oh, uh, I was picking Pastor John up or something. I don't know, he... <laughs> But there's a level of accountability between her and I. Now here's the difference, my wife isn't controlling about the accountability though. It's there because I wanna make sure that what I've agreed to, that we've agreed, we're not gonna spend money in places that doesn't make sense, I'm not gonna eat junk food, I'm not gonna, because we've agreed to it, now I am accountable to what I've told her. This isn't her controlling me like, what's this 589? It's hey babe, we made a decision together that this is how we're gonna spend our money. Tonight you're in danger (laughs) if you have no one in your life challenging you. Or when someone does challenge you, you get defensive. Uh Uh-oh. Connect group, listen, will challenge you. I'll tell you now. It will challenge you. Imagine thinking, oh, I'm going to get with people and I'm going to get around them and they're going to learn me and I'm going to learn them, but then they're going to call me up higher call me out further. They're going to help me pinpoint the things in my life, maybe that are unhealthy. I'm going to have people to process that exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen inside of a connect group, but it's going to give you this sense of accountability that you actually have people instead of making a decision and just making it and then telling someone, hey, this is what I'm doing, you can actually inquire with them. What do you think about We have people come to us all the time who maybe start dating someone and the the whole thing's on fire. I'm like, dude, if you would have come and inquired with me first, I would have helped you and said, probably not right now or maybe later or maybe not. But because you informed me and you told me what you were doing, now I'm not able to help you. So church, when we get into connect groups in life in general, we need to have a a layer of accountability. Where there is light, there is life. And write that down. We need people in our life with a flashlight going, How's everything going in there? How are your finances doing? Okay. You spending time reading the Bible? Good boy. Where there is life, where you allow God to put light onto something, can I tell you that's where life gets to happen? Listen, if you get defensive when someone wants to shine some light on something, you need to do a check. You need to do a self-check. They're not there to harm you. They're not there to hurt you. They're there to help you. Can I get an amen right there? You are in danger if you are isolated. Some of you may be isolated and don't even know it. As I was preparing this message, I couldn't help think of the movie The Titanic, Really dumb movie, really great illustration. And the way that, t- you know what? I just gotta show you why it's dumb. Here, check this out. I'm 6'3", okay? Leo DiCaprio's only 5'11". There is room, my guy. Like, there's room. Uh, sit like that. I don't care. What's even, no, no, I'm not done. What's even more dumb, I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. If on you for like three days, but like later. And then immediately lets her go. Dumb movie. (laughs) Great illustration, I'll tell you why. The Titanic sets off on this journey, this maiden voyage, right? And if you've seen the movie, if you've read anything in in, in history about it, the, the big thing about the Titanic was that it was unsinkable. That was like their claim to fame, right? This boat is unsinkable. Hilarious for us to know now. Their claim to fame was that this boat was unsinkable, that it couldn't be sunk. So it sets out on this voyage with confidence, right, and pride. But then it starts to be in some waters that it had never been in before. starts to have to navigate around things that it's never had to navigate before. And in the dark of the night, where there's no light being shown, all of a sudden, and this unsinkable ship begins to start sinking. Layer after layer, cabin after cabin, begins to start sinking. And so the captain on the boat does, the only thing that he knows to do which is to send out a signal of distress. As to send out, my ship is sinking, there's a hole, water is filling it, we're going down. So this captain sends out a distress signal and there's a ship that's about 60 miles away called the Carpathia, who, the guy who's on the comm system, this is like Morse code days, had drank a little bit too much tea that day and so went to bed about 10 minutes later. And his routine was to check the comms right before he went to bed, just to double check. Just because he had a little bit of extra tea, keeping him up a little bit longer, he was able to receive the message from the Titanic that they were sinking. Carpathia, as fast as they can, gets to the boat, right? Imagine if, if that guy had gone to sleep. There wouldn't be any Titanic survivors. So he gets, they get to the wreckage, and the captain of the Carpathias named Sir Arthur Ronson, Captain Arthur Ronson, has his team completely ready to receive these survivors. Boats are already lowered, T's already on, blankets are out, they're moving everything around to be able to receive these survivors. Tonight I wonder how many of us are going on this journey of life alone thinking that we're unsinkable. Or when something happens and we start getting holes on our ship, we have no one to send out a distress signal to, no one who's gonna come and run to help pull us out of the water, help get us back to safety. Tonight you are in danger if you are isolated, if you think that you are unsinkable. If you think that you don't need a connect group until there's already holes in your boat, this is troublesome and let me tell you why if you think that you don't need a connect group until life starts happening to you, all of a sudden you're in a position now to ask for all these huge asks and help. But there's been no mutual investment. You're asking for help from someone who doesn't know you yet. Someone who hasn't been around you that you haven't let in, that you haven't built trust with. And so before... you go on this journey and try to navigate this life by yourself, my advice to you, my encouragement to you is that know the people that when your boat starts sinking, it starts filling up with water, you know exactly who to call, you know exactly when they're going to be there, you know exactly how they're going to help you. Don't be isolated, amen? You are in danger if you think that just coming to church on a Sunday is enough for you to be connected. I'm going to say it again, you think that you are in danger if you think that just coming to church on a Sunday is enough for you to get connected. If you think that coming to church on a Sunday is enough for you to get connected, you probably think that going to a movie is a good date idea. It's not. It's not a good date idea. If I were to take my wife to movies when we first started dating, we'd have fun. Hopefully the movie was good. Here's what would happen. We'd get to talk maybe before the movie on the way there. We'd sit down in our seats after getting a popcorn and sort of be like, cool, see you in two hours. Watch the movie and then maybe talk on the way home. Does that sound like a good date to you? Here's what my wife wants on a date. She wants to sit across from me. She wants to order some dinner. She wants to look at my face. She wants to ask me questions and for me to ask questions and for us to be connected, for us to have intimacy. If you think that coming to church on a Sunday is enough to get you connected, you probably think that going to a movie is a good date idea. (laughs) Listen, if you think that you can come through the doors, talk to people in the lobby, sit here for X amount of time, and then maybe talk to people on the way out, good, I've got it. It's not enough. It's not enough. Sunday is this, Sunday is a celebration of everything that's been going on during the week. Yeah. Monday, through, Monday through Saturday, life is going on, it's still happening. You need your friends, you need those people around you, Monday through Saturday, and not just Sunday, hoping that you're going to make a deep connection and build a relationship from a one-time thing. We can't be isolated, my friends. The easy thing to do is just to stay shallow when you come to church. The easy thing to do is to have your routine and get in and out. The easy thing to do is to not ever get vulnerable with people or have friends that you can pull back the curtain of your heart and let them see. Here's the problem with that is that if you want intimacy, you must be willing to be vulnerable. There is never ever intimacy without vulnerability. So some of you are craving this, I want good relationships. I want good friends. I want to be able to have those people in my life. But you're resisting to be vulnerable. You're thinking that just coming in and out of church is enough. It's not. We have to be willing to be vulnerable if we truly want to get connected, truly want to have relationships, truly want to go deeper in what God has for us. Does that make sense? I'm going to call the band up, moving right along. You're in danger tonight if you do not have people around you to celebrate your wins or to mourn your losses. I wrote this, don't be a stranger. If everyone around you is a stranger, if everyone to you, everyone is a stranger, you never have people in your life who are actually there for you to help celebrate what's going good and to help mourn or to help or console with what's going bad. I grew up playing baseball. Have many baseball players here? All right, that's usually how, how that goes. I transitioned from baseball uh, to golf when I was a senior in high school. And, and I loved golf, I loved baseball even more, and I think as time went on, I finally understood why I really loved baseball. It was the camaraderie thing for me, like having the dudes on your team, like traveling together, and like, if you lost, the whole team lost, and like there's this, this like, bonding thing going on, right? And I made the transition to golf, I was like, it's just me. If I win, it's just me. I'm not celebrating with anybody. If I if I lose, it's just me that I'm upset that I sucked. <laughs> there was no team around me to help celebrate the win or to help be bummed about the loss. And so for me, that transition really opened up my eyes to, oh, it's about the team. It's about the other people that I'm doing this with. Golf's a lonely sport. <laughs> Most frustrating sport in the world, but baseball. You can be having a bad game and your team still win. You can't be playing bad at golf and still do good. No one is gonna come onto the golf course and be like, that a babe, when you win. No one's gonna come onto the golf course and give you a pep talk. Dude, He's throwing outside heaters, take it to right field. Today I need us to catch the importance of having a team around us to help celebrate our wins. Listen, I'm telling you that when you have wins in your life and you've got people around you that are celebrating you, saying, good job, that a boy, we prayed for this together, come on. It's so much sweeter than if you're just celebrating alone. And let me tell you this, when you come to the the opposition, the struggles, the challenges, all of these things that life throws at us, can I tell you it's near impossible to do it alone and come out the other side, healthy, happy, thriving, it's near impossible. And here's what God has done, he's really smart. I like the way he thinks. He set it up on a T for us to be in church together, to be around each other, to develop friendships and relationships and have people that we can rely on and lean on and trust and process things with and walk it out and talk it out with. And if we're doing it alone, my friends, we're, we're in danger. We're in danger. I have an amazing story. A couple that came to our church uh, in recent months, moved here from the East Coast and essentially their very first day that they were here in San Diego decided to come to what was then C3 Church. Typed it in Google, found it, said, cool, let's go. And they show up to our church and they come to an after party and we get to talk with them and start to hear about their story. And mind you, they have no friends here. They don't know anybody here. This is our first This is their first time at the church. and start talking to them and start hearing their story and start getting to know them a little bit. And we come to learn that that a miscarriage had actually happened pretty recently for them. And so of course they're mourning and and they're sad and maybe they're frustrated and they're confused of, of why all this is going on. But can I tell you that from there, the friends that they started making, the connections that they started having, the relationships that they started building, it helped them walk through that moment, help them walk through what they were mourning, help them walk through what they had felt like they lost. And I asked them, I said, you know, how how would this have been different if you didn't have those people around you? They're in a healthy connect group. They're serving in our church. They've gone through pathways. And I asked them, I said, well, how would this have been different if you didn't have these people around you? If you didn't have a group that was there praying for you, that was mourning with you, that was actually there for you? And their response was, it's unimaginable. I can't imagine what that would have been like. Guys, we have to be there for each other when we're mourning our losses. The highest of highs, the lowest of lows, everywhere in between. God has called us in a unique way, more than any other organization, group of people in the entire world, to band together, to have unity, And I'm telling you that if you join a connect group, it's not just a Bible study. It's not just a cute little thing that you do. God is gonna transform your life through connect group. I believe it with all my heart. I've seen too many things happen in connect groups. I've seen too many stories of people who go in one way and come out the other way, and they're just thriving and they're healthy, and they feel like I got friends around me. And so tonight, I just want to do this, that if you've never joined a connect group, maybe you're here for the very first time. Maybe you've just been resistant to it. You're not ready to be vulnerable. You're not ready to to do this thing called connect. Can I tell you that if you don't, you're choosing to live in an area that is dangerous and you're refusing to enter the land of, of thriving and the land of prosperity and the land of having people around you. Listen, you can be rich in more than just one way. You can have relationships and friends and people around you, it's not just money. I love this about Connect as well, as it is our wheel of discipleship. Are you looking for discipleship in this church? You get into a Connect group. You get into a Connect group. You get around people who have something in common with you. They're going the same way. They're doing the same thing. They're thinking the same thing. They're being sharpened and honed. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakend Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.